Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Hey, 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 welcome Liam S. Smith, come on down! Come on, buddy, come on down, come on, come on, walk the plank. Ooh, come yeah, on, yeah, that's yeah. it, that's it, buddy, how you going? Ooh, how you right, going? Hey, welcome, yeah. welcome it's, to Wheel of Fortune! Today we watched the 13th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, part 3, and cut that for copyright purposes. It, it was Wheel of Fortune, by the way. Wheel of Fortune, which covers chapters 150 through 154. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nicholas Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts that just so happens to host Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, that's a game show that I never really watched. I can't believe you didn't so, watch it. So, there's a big wheel. There, okay, there's a big wheel in the middle. You spin it. You spin it. And then you select letters, and a lady turns the letters around, and you guess a word. Well, there's a bit of fortune in there first, because the wheel... You don't know how the game works, do no, you? No, I don't. You, okay, you spin the wheel, it lands on, like, money... And then, <laughs> then you get the money. Yeah, th- well, no, then you, you get don't the get power. The, no, you don't get the and money. And then you get the, the women. <laughs> Ooh. And then the women turned the the letters around. W- yes. Shit. Shit, I can't refute this. <laughs> it's it's ironclad logic. So how does the game work? Okay, so you basically spin the wheel, and then it lands on some money. You then say, okay, is this letter in that word? If it is, you get the money. But if you roll bankrupt, you skip your turn, and... You can't get any money anymore. Uh, and that's what they call a whammy. <laughs> exactly. A double whammy. You're listening to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, recap and discussion podcast, and celebrity death harbinger, JoJo's World. <laughs> <laughs> the most depressing way to have fun. Rest in peace, John Giles Jr. Oh Passed God. away the same week we released the episode where Jay Guile was killed in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. We have quite a penchant that's for... two uh, now. Yeah. Um, hmm. Our mm. condolences to the family that may or may not exist. If you do exist, a you had a pretty cool person in your lives, I guess. I don't know. Moving right along. I don't know. Some words of wisdom from Hirohiko, Hirohiko Araki in this time of need. Here we go. Here from we go. volume 17. My friends often tell me, you're really rude when I call you when you're working. I stopped and thought about it when my mother called me and said, You're so rude, you're no son of mine. But think about it, people. I don't see what's so hard to understand. When I'm working, I can't just blab about stupid stuff on the phone for hours like I do when I'm just hanging out, or I'll be late for submitting my work. I'm a Gemini, so I have a split personality. I wish people would just think of work and play as my on-slash-off switch. How's your work-life balance going, Nick? Uh, What balance (laughs) is my question. It's all either work or life. It's never a balance of the two. Yeah, let that sink in for a second. I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm without speech. You are literally sitting there with a face that says, speechless. It's Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. They're driving. They're leaving the... Varanasi. 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 And driving in the car that they acquired through dubious means last time. It's fine. It's totally legal. It's to fine. Pakistan. <gasps> to Pakistan? Hell yeah. Polnareff is driving, Kakuin is in the driver's seat, and the Jojos have piled in the back. And it is a little bit cramped because... Did I say Kakuin was in the driver's seat? I don't... He's, he's riding shotgun. He's a bit young. He's a bit He's young. not driving. Polnareff. He was driving during Emperor and Hangman. Oh, yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Polnareff is driving. Someone hit us up on Twitter and said the legal age for driving in Japan is a number that I've forgotten that was either 16 or 18. Huh. Huh. Interesting. 16. That's the same as here, isn't it? 16 to get your L's here. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's still pretty much legal to drive. Yeah, but you need to be accompanied. Ah, uh, yeah, true. True. By a French man who's murdered someone. 
murdered his arch nemesis very early on in his life. There's discussion while they're driving about like, when we got to India I thought it was terrible, but now I'm gonna miss it. I miss the bustle. Yeah, of Calcutta. <sighs> and Polnareff is like, I need to come back here and give Avdol a proper burial because I got him killed. Shit man, that's deep. And everyone's like, Avdol, Avdol. Yeah, he was, he was a guy. Mm-hmm. He was a man who had a bird friend. <laughs> and that's all we ever knew. And there's this red car in front of them. It kind of looks like an old school, like, Chevy. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like a really old 1960s car. Yeah, yeah. That's like 20 years old. <laughs> Ooh, nice. It's driving really slow, and Polnareff is like, this is annoying, I'm gonna pass him. And everyone else says, Polnareff, don't be an arsehole, we need to be careful so we don't have any more delays. Mm. But he does, and we get a distinct shot of pebbles being hit, flung up and hitting yeah. the car. And Joseph is like, do you think we flung some pebbles at their car when we passed? And Polnareff is like, I don't care. I'm a French it's person. It's possible. I don't know why that was important. Anyway. So then Joseph is scolding him about how they can't have any delays and they need to drive safely when he rounds a corner and suddenly screeches to a halt. <gasps> what the hell's in front of them? Why? It's that girl. Oh, no. It's Anne. She's wearing her disguise as a boy cat and hitchhiking. Oh, no. And she's like, hey, guys, it's me. I'm ready for more adventures. Yeah, let's travel together again. Oh, no. She disappeared for a little while. Oh, we no. last saw her... On the train? Yeah, in the aftermath of... Um, the puppet. No, um, Yellow Temperance. Yellow Temperance. The blob. Blob. And now she's... She, she skipped all the India stuff, the grisly death of our friend Avdol. Yeah, I, I didn't notice her saying anything about Avdol this episode, so no. maybe, maybe she hasn't noticed that the giant hulking Egyptian man that was accompanying them before is just gone. It's just out of the picture. He was the most reserved personality-wise. He was, but at the same the time... The easiest to overlook. He did have the best dreadlocks, so, you know. As they're driving, they're talk- she's talking about how, like, I need to get out and see the world now. In a few years, I'll be too busy wearing a bra and doing my makeup for the boys. That's no way to see the world. Uh, is this how Iraqi thinks, like, young girls think? Maybe? It's like, I'm going to have to wear a bra one day. Oh, then my life will be over. Yeah. It's like, uh, okay. Yep. All right. I'm just going to pat his head from afar. <laughs> There's a weird moment where Jotaro says something, and then she looks at him and is like, oh... Jotaro, so cool. Oh, no, it's, um, what is it? He does something, Polnareff does something ridiculous, and then Jojo just goes, oh, yari, yari. you idiot. I think that's basically, I think Pretty that's much. all he said. It's probably is all that he says. She like, fell in love instantly. <laughs> she's like, oh my God, he will be mine. Even though she's a fifth of the size. <laughs> yeah. At this point, the car that they passed earlier pulls out in front of them, um, overtakes them, and then immediately slows down again. Bit of road rage going on. Oh, fucking cutting them off. Arsehole drivers. Ugh. It slows down again, and then after a little while, it, it, it does that thing from Duel. <laughs> because this episode is Duel. It's literally <laughs> Duel. Okay, for anyone that doesn't know what Duel is, Duel is a uh, 1980-something film directed by none other than Steven Spielberg. Yeah. I think it was his first film as I'm well. I'm not sure. Uh, Written by uh, Richard Matheson, based on a short story that he also wrote. Yeah. It's literally an hour and a half duel between a car and a truck on a highway. Dennis Weaver plays a travelling salesman who invokes the ire of a truck. The truck is driven by a mysterious man that is never identified, but you is s- always an asshole. You see his arm and boots, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. That's all you see of him. 
Literally the entire film is just them fucking road raging. There's also a really good uh, Bob's Burgers Christmas episode that's basically dual. It is, yeah. yeah. Except they meet the driver and he's just like, oh, but I just wanted to get home on time. <laughs> so good. In the DVD documentary, Spielberg observes that fear of the unknown is perhaps the greatest fear of all, and that duel plays heavily to that fear. Mm. Throughout the film, the driver of the truck remains anonymous and unseen, with the exception of two separate shots where his arm waves Weaver on, into oncoming traffic, and another shot where Weaver observes the driver's snakeskins, snakeskin boots. Mm. His motives for t- targeting Weaver's character are never revealed. Spielberg says that the effect of not seeing the driver makes the real villain of the film the truck itself rather than the driver. Yeah, I'd say that. Mm-hmm. Basically, the entire time you feel like the truck is trying to kill the dude. Yeah. Like, it's it's got uh, some excellent shots where uh, it's, like, right in front of the truck just before it's going to play chicken with the driver. Yeah. And you're just sitting there like, man, that's a, that's a truck if I've ever seen one. That is a fucking truck. <laughs> so what happens now is the same thing that happens in Duel, where he slows down in front of them and then waves them through to overtake. So they do, pulling right into the path of an oncoming truck. Head on collision, what? What? They crash, and it's a bit weird, because there's an initial crash, and then Star Platinum appears, and... Like a speeding bullet pushes the truck out of the way. Yeah, so their little... They cause a car accident, mm-hmm. and their little Jeep thing sort of flips up into the air and lands on its tyres. Does like a barrel roll in <laughs> yeah. the air, and then lands perfectly. And I say like... perfectly, it's a little bit fucked, because it did still hit the truck. <laughs> and they're like, we cause a car accident. Well, let's keep going. Yeah, I think JoJo's literally like, just ignore it. We didn't see it happen. <laughs> we didn't start the fire. Let's go. They're pulling into a roadhouse called The Drive-In, and we get a little cutaway where this red car is doing some some classic Wacky Races shenanigans. <laughs> you remember Wacky Races? Oh, uh, do I remember it? Dick Dastardly and Muttley, the villains? No. Okay. <laughs> Someone on my Twitter feed, I think it was Anthony Clark, posted an excerpt of the Wacky Races Wikipedia page where they described Dick Dastardly's usual strategy in the races, which was to pull ahead of the other cars using his vehicle's superior speed Mm -hmm. and then stop and enact elaborate sabotage schemes. (laughs) Now, it seems to me that if his vehicle's speed is so superior it can always pull ahead of the other cars, (laughs) he could just... He could just win the race. He could just keep going forward instead of sabotaging everyone else. Yeah, yeah. That's villains for you, I guess. But here's the question. Would it have worked? We'll never know. Exactly. We never saw an episode. Can't resist the temptation to to mess with Penelope Pitstop or those two guys who were cavemen. He's like a kleptomaniac who wants to steal the race from everyone else. (laughs) So yes, the truck the car rather. Sees a sign pointing towards Pakistan on the right and Syria on the left. No, no, no. It's Pakistan on the left, Syria on the right. Right you are. Right I am. And it strategically clips the sign so (gasps) that the sign pointing towards Syria is facing away from the road. Mm -hmm. And the arrow, which points to Pakistan, has bent around and is now pointing the other way. (gasps) What? Now how will I get to Pakistan? Well, that is the brilliance of this plan. What? (gasps) Die here on the India-Pakistan border, an area rife with (laughs) geopolitical intrigue. (laughs) Man, who knows what born crises could happen? Oh no, I was thinking of Israel-Pakistan. My bad. Oh, that's an area rife with geopolitical tension. That is an area rife with geopolitical tension. So they pull it into the drive-in. I just I can't get over the drive-in. There are some dudes there. It's fine. Joseph sees a man squeezing something into a glass. (laughs) 
It's a sugar cane. Yes, he's like, what's that? It's sugar cane juice. I'll have some. Oh, okay, sure. So he gets a glass of it, and the guy also squeezes, like, a drop of lemon, of orange in it. Uh, and at that point, Maybe Joseph... lemon. I think it's lemon, yeah. yeah. Uh, Joseph, like, swirls a little, nods at the guy, and then looks at it, and in the reflection, he sees the car. <gasps> that asshole from earlier. What? How the hell did It'd he get It'd be great here? if he turned around and the car wasn't there. It was only in the reflection. <laughs> Jay Guy was still alive. Oh no. Now he's a car. Polnareff, I have some terrible news. Your nemesis is a transformer. <laughs> he's a turbo teen. He ate spicy food and turned into a car. You need to get that cube that they always want. What's oh, that cube? Uh, the Allspark. The Allspark. You need to get the Allspark. And then we'll all sit down here at the roadhouse and eat some Energon cubes. And then once we're done doing that, we'll be shafted into another galaxy. Go on some weird adventures being shit. More than meets the eye. That's pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. I still haven't read it. It's good. I should. Everyone, read the More Than Meets the Eye comics by James Roberts. They're very funny. I'll play Devil's Advocate. Don't read them. Fuck yeah, you. yeah, there you go. There you go. I'm going to be the hypercritical critic that hasn't actually read them. Joseph is like, hey, road stop stall guy. Did you see who parked that car? And he's like, no. So Jotaro is like, well... Cracks knuckles. I guess we'll have to beat up everyone then. <laughs> it's beautiful because, like, there's only three guys there. They don't even know he's a stand user at this point. They're just beating up someone who hassled them on the road. <laughs> Actually, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. They've literally just gone, huh. I mean, you were kind of a dick to us on the road. Put All him right. in a body bag. Oh, jeez, that's, that's legit knuckle. Stop doing that. <laughs> Look, look, I learned the hard way how to crack my knuckles. Chimney Christmas. You just develop it over time. Ugh, with age. That's gross. <laughs> You're gross. Thank you. Well, not thank you, but... Thank so, you. yes, they start beating up all these dudes. Yep. And then they see the car peel out. Like, oh, whoops. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, you, you are harmless people. The driver uh, was never at, at the pit stop. They just look at the ground like... Look, we're, we're sorry, but, you know, we, we thought you hassled us. Oh, and Kakyoin had advised against this strategy. And he yeah, Kakyoin was like, was like see uh, you guys. Uh, guys, maybe don't punch everyone. And then Polnareff was like, oh, come on, it's all a bit of fun. Yeah, let's punch everyone. And then when we get to Egypt, we'll punch Dio. <laughs> now, at this point, uh, we now have seen the driver's arm. Yes, he's now real buff. When I saw it, I was like, holy fucking what? Because the driver's arm... Doesn't just have like biceps. He's not just triceps. Jojo buff. He is like unhealthy Jojo buff. He's like Whammo's arm. He is like if Arnold Schwarzenegger existed in the Jojo universe times 10. His muscles have muscles on them, which have muscles on them. Oh, like the Empress. Yes. <laughs> and then on top of that, there's just these massive veins. Humongous veins. Like, All the better to drive you with. Exactly. Like, if you were controlling a car, you'd have perfect precision because your muscles on your arm are just... Ooh, they are they are powerful muscles. So as they see him speeding off, they get into their car and chase after him because they have to beat down this driver. They have to kill him <laughs> any way they know how. You know, they come up to that intersection where he turned the sign around and they go right. <gasps> and they we follow see the car. a sign saying, Danger, road closed. What? Oh, no. Well, do they see it or do we, no, we see it? No, we see it. We see it. We see the slow yeah. shot. They spin around a corner on the, the cliffy road and just see a dead end with a suspension rope bridge and no car. What? Where did it go? That's odd. Why would the car have just magically just... It flies. 
Does it though? Well, that was my initial theory. <laughs> okay. Initially, I thought, hang on a minute. Well, last week you you guessed that maybe it could. It had like its power was perfect control of vehicles, and it could go up onto walls and roofs. Did I predict that? Kind of. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh yeah, but I also thought there would be a tunnel. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a tunnel in Duel, so that is true. There is a tunnel in Duel. A terrifying tunnel <laughs> filled with terrible with driving. A broken down bus. <laughs> oh no. How will he escape the tunnel? So anyway. So anyway. He's behind them. What? How? How the hell did he get behind them? He starts ramming them towards the cliff face. What? And Polaroff is like, well, I'm getting it out of the car. But that'll kill us. <laughs> and he's like, Polaroff, are you really stupid or what? You're the one holding down the brake. And he's like, oh. And they go off the cliff. It's like, sorry. I just love his face when he says sorry. It's just like, <laughs> I've really stepped in it this time. I really hope that the guys can forgive me. This is worse than the time I went off by myself and got Avdol killed, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, hey, guys, I'm making some good decisions. Egg on my face, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, let live and forgive, right? That's how the saying goes. <laughs> I think we can all agree in this our last moments. This was Kakyoin's fault. <laughs> and then Joseph turns around. You know what, Kakyoin, why didn't you say anything, really? <laughs> that's, that's whose fault it is here. But Kakuin saves them. He shoots that hyphen green and is like, I'll save us. And Joseph's whoa, like, whoa, whoa, no, do I know you're not strong enough. You don't be an idiot. You, it'll just rip in half. Yeah. And Kakuin is like, please. I know. With the best shot of the episode. Yeah, it's like him putting his hand on his chin in that, that thinking pose. But it's horizontal. like And like across his whole face. Yeah. So his mouth is covered, but then we see his eyes. Everything's green and sparkly. And he's like, please, I know myself. And then... He clings onto the car with Hierophant Green with a wire. Well, he grabs the... the, the their car has a, a tow cable in the front ah. and grabs that and goes and loops it up onto the enemy car. Ah. So he does know himself and the vehicle. Yeah. And then Jojo is like, hey, Kakuin, do you like sumo? I like sumo. <laughs> I especially like it when there's a deadlock at the edge of the ring. Star Platinum grabs the tow cable and yanks it. Simultaneously pulling them up and pulling the other guy down, and he smash- he punches it on the way for good measure. Now, when I first saw this, as someone who understands how forces work, I thought, this is a risky play, because you could just pull him down and not go anywhere. Mm, that'll teach him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you not to fly. Indeed, I quite enjoy sumo, but Jotaro, it's against the rules to punch an opponent. <laughs> Classic. Cuck you in. And then we Cuck break. We've already had the OP. Ah, that was shit. long ago. Shit. Every time. It was just like, stand name, Wheel of Fortune, whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. You're just like, these fucking stupid statistics. <laughs> so they've, yeah, they've pulled themselves up the cliff face and they're all looking over it like, huh, guess he wasn't a stand user. Guess he was just some weirdo. Some dead weirdo. And then Bonnerev says like, he got what he deserved. <laughs> He says that he's like, what a fucking terrible driver. Good thing he's dead. Yeah, he deserved to die. I mean, he, he was trying to kill them right at the end. That, the, he was literally trying to kill them. But at the same time, does that really mean that he deserved to die? <laughs> and Anne is apparently the only sensible person on this scene because she's like, but how did I get behind us? And the camera mm. pans over and we see tire marks on the cliff face, the, the vertical cliff face coming down. Ah. ah. So it ran up the wall yeah. and then did a full 180. At this point, the radio of their car 
turns on and someone starts speaking through it. What? What? That's not how cars work. He's like, watch out, old man Joseph. I'm the Wheel of Fortune card. And this is my stand. And Joseph is like, (laughs) what? It knows my name. It must be a stand user. That was so like, hey, I'm the Wheel of Fortune. That's literally what he does. No, no, but I just, I can picture him now just being like, I'm the Wheel of Fortune. Dead silence. Oh, okay, you're the, the stand. Oh my god, he's a stand user. Get him. Oh man, that's not going to be good for no. headphone users. Oh no. no. I mean, I'm going to turn it down, but it's still going to peak it long. Oh no. You gotta, you gotta lean back and look away if you're going to be that loud. No, that works better, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Tarot time. The Wheel of Fortune is the tenth card of the Major Arcana. Oh, I knew that from the episode because we had the flash of the card. Yeah, that's oh. a that's a really cool shot that's coming up soon. Soon. Uh, it signifies destiny, being at a turning point, mm-hmm. feeling movement, and having a personal vision, such as gaining greater perspective or uncovering pa- uncovering patterns. So it's kind of like moving forward with your life. Yeah. Yeah. And like fate and uh, fortune. Fortune. <laughs> yeah. The Wheel of Fortune is one of the few cards in the Major Arcana that does not have a human figure as a focal point. This is because its centre is above the realm of man. The tarot recognises that each person sets his own path in life, but is also subject to the larger cycles that include him. We experience chance events that appear to be accidents, although they are part of the great, the great plan. The great plan. Mm. What is the great plan? Okay, that's a pretty good the answer. The cosmic force. A shrug is just as good as the cosmic force, Liam. <laughs> in readings, the Wheel of Fortune can ind- indicate a vision or realisation that strikes with great force. If you've been struggling with a problem or tough situation... This card can signal that you will find the answer if you stand back and view everything from a larger perspective. It often suggests wheel-like actions, changes in direction, (laughs) repeating cycles, and rapid movement. I think we see two of those in this episode. Hmm. 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 Changes of direction, speed. But no... What was the middle one? (laughs) Repeating cycles. Yeah, not really many repeat... Although, the repeating cycle of road rage... Yeah, true. Mm, It's a vicious cycle because... It is, it is. You either quit before you become the Road Rager, or it, you know, corrupts you. Like- Simpsons Road Rage, coming soon to the PS1. The Simpsons. And the Wheel of Fortune is not opposed or reinforced by any of the major arcana. Oh, really? Only minor ones, like, I don't know, the Seven of Spades. Huh. Sorry, seven of Cups, Swords, whatever. I'm just going to care about those. Is it just because it's above the realm of man? It just is just the way it is. Hmm, Interesting. Our Jojo Valet note for this particular stand? You've got a car coming after you, like in Duel or Christine. The design is a 60 to, 60 to 70s American car remodeled to look like an animal. The stand's master exists only to make a joke. <laughs> what? Hang on a minute. That's all the insight we get is, yeah, it was modeled to be an animal, and the stand user makes a joke. No, the stand user is a joke, with his big arms and his small everything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, that's literally the yeah. entire... Di- yep. Wow. This truly proves that you don't need shit to make a good character. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So we've talked about Dill. Christine. What is Christine? Christine is a movie and story by Stephen King mm-hmm. about a killer car. And I think that's very influential in this because we see the car in this sort of warping and regenerating itself over the course of the battle. And like... something, at least in the regenerative capacity, that Christine can do. Mm. Sort of like shape-shifting kind of more than... For Christine specifically, it was more sort of repairing damage done to it. Whereas this sort of, you know, turns into a big monster car at the end. <laughs> it turns into something of a lion car? In the novel, it was um, possessed 
by its previous owner. But apparently in the movie it was just an evil car. <laughs> what is this car? What is its backstory? Oh no, it's just an evil car. Well, it's like the the original wear car in Futurama hmm. was built from the parts of all the most evil cars throughout history. I think like they have Hitler's a bit of Hitler's car in there. Yeah, yep, makes sense. And so makes on. Sense. Now I just got that bit in The Simpsons where Bart drives Hitler's car. I don't remember that. Oh, never mind. Okay. The stand user's name is ZZ. ZZ? Yeah. And like ZZ Top ZZ? Indeed. <gasps> know much about ZZ Top? Do I know much about ZZ Top? Tell me more. Okay, ZZ Top are like a rock band and they are amazing. They kind of like have a bit, like a tiny little splash of country in their music. Not a lot though, like very little. But they're well known because they'll play like their guitar with their massive beards. It's true, they have beards. They have huge beards. And they're always wearing coats because, you know, cool people wear coats. And have huge beards. And have huge beard, huge moustaches. I think sometimes they'll wear hats as well. Uh, but they're well known. I'm painting a very rabbinical picture. Yeah. Uh, but they're very well known because their guitars are sometimes very furry, very fluffy. Huh. And they spin. So they'll do like that. They'll like slap down the neck of the guitar and it spins around. Oh, that's... And then they'll keep playing. That's cool and extravagant. Yeah. So they'll just be like... Dun, dun, and woo, dun, and you're just like, oh, yes. What are some of their songs I might know? Uh, LaGrange. Oh, yes. You know, the do, 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 that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's... Oh, what's it? It's something like Sharp Dressed Man. I oh, think, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch of them that I can't remember the name of that are also quite popular. But yeah. They're cool dudes. Cool. They are cool dudes. The name of the band was Billy Gibbons' idea. The band had a little apartment covered with concert posters and noticed that many of the performers' names utilised initials. Gibbons particularly noted B.B. King and Z.Z. Hill and thought of combining the two into Z.Z. King, but considered it too similar to the original name. He then figured that King is going at the top. I think that might have autocorrected a bit when I pasted it, (laughs) which brought him to Z.Z. Top. Ah, interesting. Truly proving that you don't need a great idea to make a great band name. <laughs> We're just going to steal some initials and then change one of the words and boom! Yeah. Classic name! I think what we're learning today is you don't need great influences to come up with good things. I mean, literally everyone is named after band names, so... I mean, although they're pretty great influences. Mm. Yeah, never mind. They're all... They're listening to this car talk. Yep. Listen to car talk on Cirrus FM. <laughs> We're listening to Car Talk here on 92.3. I think that might be And there's a rumbling. A station. Well, a Car rumbling. Talk is a real show. Is it? Yeah, I don't know what it's on, if it's TV or radio, though. Oh, Car Talk? Yeah. That sounds really dull. What mm. do they talk about all day? Just cars? Yeah. Some people are into that. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about anime. Yeah, that is true. We are literally talking about a fictional show. But cars... There's this rumbling. But where's the rumbling come from? The ground. What? The ground? And we get this great shot of the car, the evil car, Mm. bursting through the ground underneath their car, perfectly vertically. (laughs) But how did it get there? What magic is this? It's it's all busted up, but then it it heals itself and transforms into a bigger, scarier looking car with (gasps) with sharp bits and... Oh no! What? I'm pretty sure Joseph just goes, oh no, the car's been totaled. (laughs) Oh no, our security deposit. Oh no, we won't get to India. Ne- Wait, India- we won't get to Pakistan if we don't drive. Unless. Unless. If only there was some other car here we could take. 
huh, if only there was some way of achieving uh, automobilism. At this point, someone, I think Joseph says, I think it's pretty obvious the car is actually a stand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Or he's just like, oh no, it's a stand. I think it's, I think it's pretty obvious. Oh, I think that was Jotaro, actually. No, it was Polnareff. It was one of the guys. It was definitely not Anne. Speaking of, can she see the car? Yes. Okay. Like she could right. see the ship. Ah, uh, yeah, true, true, true. Never mind. It's bound to a real ex- extant physical object. There we go. Okay, cool. So Jojo goes to punch it. Ooh. Then mysterious wounds appear on his body. Yeah, it like shoots out some stars. Yeah, sparkling. Yes, yeah, shimmering sparkling stars hit him. And, and he, then he's like, ugh. And then as... <laughs> what? Sorry, what, what sound was that? Ugh. Uh, I'm so tough, but I'm also hurt. I like this. Do you, Jojaro? Uh, yeah. So he gets these weird uh, holes yeah, and in his body. and then and Kakuin go to help him, and the same thing happens to them. But then how will they defeat the stand if they can't even... What they do is they, they run away. Ah, the classic... They're running Joe through this canyon, bit. and at first the gap is too small for it to get through, but then it sort of climbs up the wall and... Turns its wheels sideways and starts grinding at the... Yeah, it's a bit weird. Because, yeah. like, they go... It's almost like a crevasse, yes. in a sense. And then it just eats away at the crevasse. Yeah. And they're running, and Anne trips. Oh, no, Anne! And then she goes on this big monologue about, Oh, no one loves me, I'm all alone in the world. Save me, save me, I'm gonna die. Why am I unable to do anything in life as a small, young, innocent girl? Look how innocent and small and I am. Jojo picks her up and is like, If you had the time to say all that, you could run. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, Jojo, you're so attractive. <laughs> I love how totally subtle it is as well. It's like, Oh, Jojo, you're so handsome and attractive and you'll be mine one day. And then they pick her up. Well, they climb up the side of the cliff face. Yeah, they're like, we'll be safe up here. And they hear the car start. The cl- they hear the car start climbing up. Thus proving the theory wrong. Yeah. So, so Jojo's a brilliant plan. <laughs> it is actually quite brilliant. I mean, it's fine. It's a plan. As the car crests the side of the cliff face to mm. punch it right in its tender underside. Ah, tender. I like yeah. that. It's glowing weak point. It's supple vulnerability. Ugh. What animals have vulnerable bellies? Uh, most crabs. Crabs, crabs, crabs definitely have a not uh, turtles. No, not turtles. Hippos. Are they really vulnerable anyway? <laughs> Probably not. They're they, bulletproof. They are nature's fucking murder machine. Yeah. So, uh, maybe an elephant. Uh, think about it. A cow for sure. I mean, most of its body is pretty weak as well. But hey, I don't want to fight one. Yeah, neither do I. What else? A hamster. A hamster. Yeah. True. All right, this is getting weird. <laughs> so yes, Jojo. Winds up his big old punch, but then as it crests over it, it spends a lot of time in the sky as it comes over the top, and he starts talking about like, "Oh, Jojo, you think you're so tough, but you actually you're really stupid. Haven't you noticed what you all smell like?" Huh? It's an odd smell of gasoline in the air. Is oh, <gasps> gasoline? Says Kakuin. And then Polnareff is all like, <laughs> "Oh no, those mysterious." bullets or whatever were actually tiny pressurized globules of gasoline he wasn't trying to hurt us with it he was trying to coat us in it oh no so the guy is still in the sky and he pulls out this big electric wire from his car and is like this will spark and he just fucking lightnings that shit up sets jojo on fire and this looks a lot more visceral than when avdol and Polnareff were burning to death in their fight well this is real fire this isn't like magic fire yeah this is, like, real shit. 
and yet he's fine in the end. Yeah. Well, don't no spoilers. Spoilies, spoilies. Jojo lives. Yeah. Although to be fair, they do make a little remark of, "Hey, part three's over." Yeah. Well, that's great because Jojo is engulfed in this conflagration, screaming in agony, collapsing to the ground, and everyone's like, "No, Joseph, you're covered in the stuff too. Don't go near him." Now, here's the thing. When I first saw this, I was like, holy shit, he's fucking dead. Yeah. Like, this is a lot more convincing than Avdol's death, that's for sure. <laughs> and the guy says, there are no roads left for you. Oh, no, he said this earlier. He talked about how there were, there were no roads left for them, not for escape, for survival, to Egypt, or even into their shining future. And then he said he was going to grind them into hamburger. <laughs> and I'm backtracking to that because it comes up again shortly. I just love the, uh, it starts off so poetic. It's like, don't you get it? There's no roads to your future. I'm going to grind you into a hamburger. <laughs> At this point, he says, I win. Part three is over. <laughs> Which is perfect. And then we hear, oh, and who's going to replace me? Jotaro Kujo. Fist. You? I don't think so. Fist comes out of the ground. Yep. It's just Jojo's underground. Somehow he dug his way underground and is now coming up the other side. The guy in the truck is like the car, whatever. <laughs> Oh, it was only your coat that caught fire and you used Star Platinum to bury your way in the ground. Now, I can tell you right now, that's bullshit because <laughs> we saw him. I know what I saw, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You can't fool me. His entire body was engulfed in Let's fire. Let's hatch an elaborate theory about how this is a second imposter Jotaro. <laughs> Go on. Are you aware of Bigger Luke theory? <laughs> bigger Luke? This is a really dumb... They talk about this on Never Tell Me the Pod sometimes. Mm. There's this scene in which... Luke goes into some sort of compartment, mm. and then when he gets out, he's bigger. So it must be a second bigger Luke. <laughs> Why? Why would you need to? I don't what? Know. <laughs> I mean, sure, it's possible, but so is Jar Jar being a Sith Lord. And let's be real, that shit ain't real. Oh, it's a parody, apparently. A parody? Yeah. So I think it takes a bit more of them just. Yeah, but see, he's bigger. See? To be a parody. According to this theory, there were two different Luke Skywalkers in the original Star Wars trilogy. Luke Prime and Bigger Luke, who may have been played by a slightly taller body double. Oh my god. Star Wars nerds are the best. The appearance of Bigger Luke in a particular scene is generally but not always charged relative to the height of Han Solo. And as such, Han is the primary go-to frame of reference among Bigger Luke theorists. <laughs> Okay, yep. Because of this, no Han picks, commonly abbreviated to NHP, are generally discouraged. <laughs> Wait, so are you telling me that all the evidence is curated so that it includes Han? Yeah. Wow. And as you can see, here's a diagram to scale of Luke oh, Prime wow. and Bigger Luke, oh, where I he's see. ever so largely bigger. I see. Yeah, actually, no, to be fair, he does look ever so slightly bigger. It's almost like in filmmaking particularly older films, mm. sometimes you would replace an actor with someone who looks kind of like them in order to perform certain physical activity. You mean like some kind of double? Some kind of... That performs stunts? Man who is going to do stunts? Like like dangerous activities performed by a secondary actor? Yeah, kind of. That's, that, that's, that's an out there fan theory, isn't it? Oh, no, I think that's just called the, uh, the support role. I think. It's like um, Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. He's not the actor, he's just a support role. So there are two different categories of the theory. 
Wait, there's two categories of the theory? Yeah. The canon Luke hypothesis, uh-huh. in which it is theorized that within the Star Wars universe, there does in- indeed exist a version of Luke Skywalker that is slightly larger than a posited regular Luke Skywalker. And the Hamill hypothesis, which theorizes that there's an uncredited Mark Hamill lookalike who was used in certain th- scenes of the original trilogy for undisclosed reasons and whose identity is yet to be confirmed. What the fuck, guys? Like, what? <laughs> Just- I can't. I just can't. Why? Why does this exist? Oh, no. I mean, it is a parody, but why does this exist? At this point, some readers may be wondering why I failed to tackle the elephant in the room. The fact that Luke Skywalker is clearly the same height throughout the trilogy. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, that's enough of that. But I need to know the answer. Well, do it on your own time. Shit. Alright. Never talk to me about bigger Luke theory again, (laughs) Nick. (laughs) Never tell me. Never tell me how tall Luke is. Jojo bursts out of the ground and beats up the car, basically. Yeah, literally he gets out and then Star Platinum goes to town on him. Uh, and the inside is wrecked to the point where the guy... The guy's face, the driver's well, face... hang on. Because he turns around his earlier mo- road monologue on oh, him first. Yes, as true. these guys like to do. As, and then he flips it around. Yeah. yeah. A road is something you make yourself. I, Jotaro, now will show you how it's done. I'll show you exactly how roads are built. And then he punches him a lot. And then he says, that's how it's done. When you went flying, there is now literally a road. <laughs> because he gets smashed to the floor and left like a trail in the... of. He just slides along the ground yeah. and there's like a little ditch there now. Yeah. He's like, see, I pass seventh grade. I know how roads get built. So this guy. This guy. ZZ. ZZ is amazing. Let's put it that way. You've described his arms in loving detail earlier. With throbbing veins and giant biceps. But what about the rest of him? Pathetic. <laughs> Utterly pathetic. He's got like tiny legs and a pot belly and... Uh, his hair is like split in the middle and it like comes up like It looks like um, Ludwig, one of Bowser's kids. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Is that Ludwig or the other one? Fact, Fact check. time. Fact Here check we... the Cooper Juniors. What are they called? Cooperlings. The Cooper Juniors, I think, actually. I don't know. Bowser kids. They're the Cooperlings. Please, Nick. Okay, gotcha. Cooperlings. Yeah, Ludwig. 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 Ludwig van Bowser. Cooper. Coop. Ludwig van Coupe. Ludwig van Coupe! That's ZZ's alternate name! Mm, is it, though? Oh, come on, that was genius. Ludwig van Coupe. Anyway, like, um... Because he's a driver. Yeah, he's pathetic. He is pathetic. He starts trying to crawl away and Polnareff steps on his back. And I'm surprised like, he didn't just jump away using his giant arms. Yeah, run away. He scuttles away. <laughs> he's like a crab, basically. He like begs for his life. He's like, I was just in it for the money. And they all laugh. <laughs> Literally, he's like, please don't hurt me. <laughs> and then uh. we see his car. It was as if they had stuck a pin in his car because all the air sort of deflates out of it. Yeah. It just turns into this other shitty little car. Not unlike how strength turned into a tiny crappy boat. Yep. Just goes to show you that overcompensation gets you nowhere. It's a very similar stance when you get down to it. Wheel of Fortune and Strength. Yes, but at the same time... Well, actually, to be fair, one of them was an orangutan and the other one is a stupid I mean, it's looking just, man. It's just a matter of scale. You know, enhancing, enhancing a vehicle. Yeah. And where it and can controlling go. it. Yeah. And how much murder one achieved versus the other one. True. I mean... One this, had a much better rate. This feels like a strange stand, if you ask me, for the seven stand users. Because you've had the Blob. Uh, Yellow Temperance. Chucky. Ebony Devil. Um, the Right-Handed Man. Hanged Man. Whole Horse was one of them? The Emperor. Uh, the 
little Buddha that grew out of his arm. The Empress. And now this one. Also strength. Oh yeah, and strength. Yeah. And now this one. So it seems a bit weird because one, you've had strength, who's the same. But two, why did they need a car? The stand user. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it works. Oh, okay. Know how when to hold them, know when to fold them. Send off the stand users that are, you know, at your disposal. Die in your sleep. Maybe the bluff will pay off. Maybe they'll stop coming to Egypt. So they're like, okay, we're going to steal this guy's car. And then they strap him upside down to a rock and gag him and leave no, him. No, they don't gag him. They just put chains on him. Oh, I thought they gagged him. No, no, because he's screaming. I, th- I thought he was either. screaming like with his mouth full, though. Oh, Ooh, maybe. Hammer. Maybe. Ooh, that's a terrible gag. Yeah. Ugh. And they put a sign next to him saying, like, I'm a monk doing training. Please do not interrupt my aesthetic exercises or or untie me. I mean, if you untie me, you're basically saying that it's not worth my time to be a priest. It's bad wordplay. Nick. It, I also took a note from the Jojo wiki uh, about differences between the anime and the manga. Oh? Joseph says that he took ZZ's passport so ZZ can't follow them again. This is cut from the anime. Oh, shit, that is brutal. <laughs> Enjoy India and also probably death, ZZ. Shit, that sucks. This isn't the first time Joseph has left a man tied up in the desert. Do you remember that guy who attacked him with a cloak and a knife on the way to Mexican Nazi base? The one that uh, he used a cactus against? Yeah, Yeah. and left him tied to a cactus. Oh, yeah. Wonder how he's working, uh, going. I mean, probably dead of old age by now. Or something... More sinister. He comes back as a stand user. <laughs> hey, you remember me? Well, guess what? My stand is the cactus you gave me. Oh. What's his power? Uh, no power. It's <laughs> it contains just... water. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it can shoot like a blastoise. It's got a protective shell of needles. Uh, it also has thick skin. It needs very little water to survive in arid temperatures. How much is this stand? Uh, it's not for sale. <gasps> you cunning bastard. You don't sell stands, Nick. They're a part of you. Unless it's, unless it's part of the trap. I'm nodding. Very, uh... Meanwhile, in Egypt, lots of pictures of gargoyles and darkened rooms. Ominous things. And Enya is like, oh no, all of my seven stand users have been defeated. And she's smashing her head on the floor. And that's a bit disturbing. I just love that she's gone mad. She's literally gone mad. (laughs) And then she's basically like, oh, get those Joe stars and their little dog too. If you want something done, you do it yourself. She says she's going to attack them with her stand. Justice. Justice. And that's do, the end of the episode. Do we not get to know about justice? Next time. Ooh. Or, yeah, next time. Soon. Highlights and lowlights, Nicholas. Hmm, highlights. His arms were the highlight. <laughs> Let's be real here. If you haven't seen it yet, you don't understand. It's just like... Uh, they're just enormous. For me, the highlight is getting into the fight at the roadhouse. <laughs> Hey guys. Some, some dumb comedy with these dumb abrasive idiots. We know it's one of you. Stupid oh, road trip. Oh, at the drive-in. Yeah. Low oh, lights. Hmm. Low lights. I actually was much more underwhelmed than I remembered uh, in the way Star Platinum saved them from the, the wave through trick. Ah, uh, yes. It just, he Bro, seemed just to just like the truck. gently place his fist against it. <laughs> and then suddenly, barrel roll. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not great. But I reckon it was a bit iffy where he just comes out of the fucking ground. Jojo comes out of the ground. Oh, right. Yeah, no, not the car. <laughs> no, I the, was... the car is dope, right? The car coming I out of the ground. I just like how you never see Jotaro going underground and then yeah, and his then... fist just bursts through and he's like, hey guys, it's me, Jotaro. But it's like you've seen him on fire. Yeah. Like his entire being is on fire. And then he's like, hey guys, I'm fine. You're like, I was never on fire. Fucking buddy, I saw you on fire. Fuck off. Yeah. 
I mean, it's great when his arm comes yeah. up, but at the same time, you're like, ah, oh, no. The rare shots of Jotaro not wearing his uh, signature coat. Yeah. Got and burnt up. Yeah, and uh, letting it burn, in fact. Yeah. Will this herald a new outfit change for Jotaro? Ooh! Nah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I reckon it's probably going to be like, oh no, I need a new coat. Hey, look, I found one because I packed because I'm a student from Japan. <laughs> Always have a spare of your highly customized school <laughs> uniform. Kakuin does it. He's like, oh no, my coat's gone. Kakuin, don't worry, Jojo. I packed you a spare. Students should always be wearing their school uniforms after all. <laughs> oh no. Hey, Nick. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen next time on Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3, Stardust Crusaders, in the episode entitled Justice? Ah, so it is happening next episode. Okay. Well, I think it's going to be pretty fucking impressive how this woman just meets up with them before they reach Egypt. Yeah? Yeah. I, I mean, how's I mean, she going to get there? She if- can take a plane. Oh, yeah, she can. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Okay, so she might take a plane, just maybe. Or magic. True, magic. Yeah. Maybe justice is portals. What did you say? Um. Oh, no, you didn't say. Fuck. Okay, justice. What, what were you going to ask? Um. What the uh, alignments of all the arcana are. And what, like, justice is. Ah. Yeah, but you didn't tell me. I didn't tell you. Oh, you, mon- you sneaky motherfucker. So it's an old lady. It's an old lady named Enya. Yes. Or oh, what's she actually uh, subtitled as? Enyaba. Enyaba, right. Hmm. Father, uh, mother of Jay Guile, the hanged Centifold. man. Yep. Um, okay, well, Wants hanged revenge man. against all of them, but specifically Polnareff. F. Hmm. Well, hanged man used mirrors. Yes. So it's probably got something to do with that, like, slightly tricky aspect. Okay. Where the stand probably doesn't work through mirrors, like centerfolds. That'd be too obvious. Yeah, it'd be too, it'd be too much. But it will probably have something to do with themselves. If that makes sense. Because a mirror, you look at yourself. Okay. You know? And so it has the same kind of narrative motif. Yeah, I see, I see what you're driving at. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it has to do with, hey, I've got two right hands, but when I use a mirror, maybe I have this, two left hands. Maybe this will something. be the um, the shadow battle you're after with the hangman yes. fight. Yes, maybe. Polarif, you defeat my son, but can you defeat the darkness in your heart? What's the... And then evil Polarif is there. What's the Japanese word for your shadow self? I don't know. It's like nega, because it's like negative. It's like nega you. I mean, that's something that happens in English. Shit, never mind. Because I know there was in Scott Pilgrim. I know that. Yeah. Where it was like nega no, Scott. That wasn't a Japanese thing. Oh, okay, never mind. Uh, and then you got nega Link in Ocarina of Time. Shadow Link. Shadow Link. So maybe you have Shadow Enya. Why would you have Shadow Enya and not Shadow Jojo? Well, Shadow Jojo is too far. Let's be real. Polnareff. Ooh, Shadow Polnareff. Maybe this is the episode where Polnareff has to come to terms with his demons. And Justice is the one that says, hey, you did some bad shit. Now the scales of Justice weigh poorly in mm. your favour. Ah. Hmm. Huh. So it could be something to do with Shadows, such that it goes against themselves. Or it could be something to do with, like, weighing up something, because, you know... Or maybe just blinding them because Justice is blind. Ah. Yeah. Uh, but... I'm pretty sure it's going to be Shadows versus... Where do you think it'll happen? Hmm. Hmm. They might have gone to Syria. (laughs) Let's be real. Because they got, you know, They got turned around. Yeah. They got flipped, turned all upside down. They did. (laughs) Unless they go back to the drive and it's like, Hey guys, is this going to Pakistan? (laughs) No, I reckon they'll reach Pakistan. And then once they get there, they'll stop and be like, Huh, let's take a breather. sure is Pakistan. Yeah. And then immediately in the streets, they'll be accosted by Enya. But they won't know who she is. Of course, because they've never met her before. They've never met her before. So Why would they? Yeah. Avdol conceivably could have. Oh, that's true. But Maybe. he's dead, so. I mean, I still got my theory. I still have my... You are just like, why would he be alive? 
Every time I say, he's not dead. Oh, he got shot in the head, Nick. Look, look, I didn't see him get buried. The death scene was very quick. Well, Polygraph's going to go back and give him a proper burial, didn't you hear? Yeah, he might. But what if he's still alive? Can't bury someone that's... Actually, you can bury someone that's still alive. It's actually a very grisly thing to do. Yeah, there's an entire movie starring Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, and he's in a alive. coffin with a mobile phone. Yeah, it's actually quite a good film. I haven't seen it, but it's it sounds good. something that would really creep me out. It's a good ending. It's a good ending. Uh, yeah. Okay, so it's either going to be Shadow Fight... Shadow Battle, please. Shadow Battle, or something to do with weighing up. You did a bad thing, therefore bad things happen to you kind of thing. Right. Or it's like, you know, you must... And that's why they had to beat up all those innocent guys in this episode to accumulate sins. Exactly. Okay. Comprehensive. Liam.exe has shut down. Uh, This is the end of the podcast. (laughs) Goodbye. See you next time. To be continued. (laughs) What, actually? Yeah. Oh, shit. uh, To be continued. Bye. (laughs) 